No, Mark chapter 14, verse 27. Let me show you something. I was doing, uh, I was looking at the book of Mark, and, and I was reading this, a couple of uh, accounts, and scholars believe that it actually was Peter's testimony. I mean, that, that Peter, the book of Mark was actually Peter's eyewitness you know, to what was going on, because it really, Peter's very much in this book, and he's mentioned a, a lot in this book. And then um, I was thinking, uh, good old Peter, right? Peter was always running his mouth, you know. He always put his foot in his mouth. He always, but Peter did some amazing things, like Peter walked on water for a bit, you know, and then uh, Peter was always the first to kind of speak up, and Peter was the one who said, Thou art the Christ, and God says, the Holy Spirit revealed that to you. So Peter had a lot of victories, but he had a, 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 a catastrophic failure, man. And when he had this failure, and I was just reading it this week. Actually, I was just casually reading it. And, and, I, and, I, and, and the Lord started to bring some stuff out that, that reminded me of some things. So I, I'll just share it with you. So Mark chapter 14. Now here it is. Jesus is talking to his followers, and he's getting ready to be taken away, right? And crucified, and this is what happened. Go. You will all fall away, Jesus told them. He said, listen, all of you guys are going to fall away. Now imagine Jesus talking to the disciples, and the disciples have been walking with Jesus for almost three years now, about three years. And he looks at them, he goes, listen, guys, let me tell you something. All of you are going to lose faith for a second. All of you. You're going to. You, you are going to uh, 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 lose it. You, you're going to fall away from me. And he said, because it says in the Bible, it says, I mean, in the word, it says, for it's written in the Old Testament, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep will be scattered. You guys are going to run away in fear. You guys are going to be nervous. You guys are going to fall away. And then next verse, good old Peter. But after I have risen, I will go ahead of you into Galilee. Mm -hmm. Peter declared... Even if all fall away, I will not. And Peter went, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Let me, let me, get, let me get you clear on something. I'm better than them. <laughs> they, they, I can see them doing that. I'm not going to do that. All right? Now, here's Jesus who, man, you know where I always relax in God? Because he knows the future. Amen. All right? Like, I, 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 like, I think I need $40 million. <laughs> You know, but he, but he knows the future, right? So here, here it is. He's going, listen, uh, uh, I'm telling you, you're going to fall away. And I can see, and he probably wasn't even done with the sentence yet. And then Peter chimes in and Jesus goes. <laughs> and Peter's like, no, I'm not going to fall away. The rest of them will, but I'm not going to do it. Come on. Truly I tell you, Jesus answered, today, yes, tonight, before the rooster crows twice, you, will, you yourself will disown me three times. He goes, okay. I can see Jesus standing there, and, and he hears Peter, and he looks over, and he goes, okay, okay, Peter, let me tell you something. You're going you're gonna to deny me three times before the morning comes. And, and I mean, and, and he's trying to, to, to tell Peter to shut up. But he, he's, he's admiring Peter's uh, effort, you know, but, and, he, and, and he knows in his heart that Peter kind of means that. But, but he, he's saying, listen, you, you, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna deny me three times, Peter. I, I hear what you're saying, but not only are you going to be scattered and nervous, you're going to actually deny me three times, right? Peter just took an oath. Peter is now on trial. 
Because he, 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 when you, whenever you get ready to be on trial, they, they, you have to, you know, uh, you have to, they, they say you to repeat this and you got to pledge to say that. So Peter's pledging his ongoing love with God no matter what goes on. And Jesus goes, okay, I'm hearing you, but you're going you're gonna to deny me three times. Next verse. But Peter insisted emphatically, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. So here's Peter who gets upset and he goes, man, you're not going to tell me. Hmm. what I'm thinking, I'm, I strongly protest. I'm, I'm, listen, I, I'm, I will never say I don't know you. Hallelujah. Even if it costs my life, I'm, I'm telling you this is what I'm going to do. They may do it, but I'm not going to do it. And then the rest of them are going, no, no, Lord, we're not going to leave you. Right. Amen. It says, and the others said the same thing. They, 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 they said, I'm not going to leave you either, but not like Peter. Mm-hmm. I was thinking on the way here, man, and it really just popped in my head, that people get weary and well-doing. They get tired of doing the right thing. And, and, and then the parable of the sower always comes to mind because the Bible says that Satan comes and he, and he steals the word back from you. It doesn't, it doesn't take root. It doesn't, it doesn't have long enough to take root in you where it begins to solidify who you are in God, right? And, and, and then the cares of this life always pulls people away, man. Man, I, I have a situation where you pray for people to get blessed and they get blessed and they leave God. Yeah. I've had people who pray for a relationship. They get a relationship, they don't see God no more. I have people pray for children. They get children and you, you don't see them no more. Mm-hmm. Some people serve the Lord because everything is bad and they want it to be good. And then when it goes good, they leave the Lord. Some people serve the Lord because everything is good and they don't want it to go away. And the minute it goes bad, they don't serve the Lord anymore. Mm-hmm. See, see, it's something about this thing called relationship with God that, that, that goes beyond, beyond your situations on earth. Amen. Everybody doesn't get that, though, and then we get tired. We get tired of doing the right thing. And then the drift begins to happen. We begin to drift away. Slow is slow, because Satan's really smart. He doesn't matter. You just go away altogether. You just start to miss, start to miss, start to miss. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. Start to get too busy. You, you start missing, and now it doesn't even bother you anymore that you miss. Amen. Every time you miss, and I get it, sometimes you're not going to, and people work it, it's a lot going on. But every time you miss coming into the house of the Lord, you miss something. Amen. And then the next piece is we miss something by you not being here. Amen. So people miss, and they miss, and then slowly, it's like throwing a bottle in the ocean. It just drips away so far. Now pride kicks in and you can't make your way back. Right. And I think how many people I've seen on altars who came up and gave their life to the Lord and then they turned back. I'm going to be honest with you, probably, probably close to a thousand. Hmm. I've seen so many people do it and then you run into them later and they go, oh, you know, I really need to you know, make my way back. And it's like, I didn't ask you anything. You're not, you're not going to make your way back. I have no faith in that. And, and I feel bad thinking that, but that's how I think because I've seen so many people drift away and they don't make it back. You can't allow the enemy to cause you to drift away. You can't allow the cares of this life to drift you away. People get tired of doing right. They get tired of praying. They get tired of going to church. They get tired of trying to be nice. They get tired of trying to fight sin. They get tired of trying to keep loving. You get fatigued by doing the right things. The Bible says don't get tired of doing the right things. Amen. Let me tell you something that I was really thinking. I had a debate with the, about with somebody about this the other day. 
Jesus is getting ready to come back. Amen. He is. He's getting ready to come, man. And, and, and I had somebody tell me, you know what, man, I just want my, the, my kid's future. And I went, forget my kid's future. Amen. If he came back tomorrow, you know what he would do? He would save my son from having to deal with all this crap. Amen. I, I wish he'd come back now. Yep. Right now. Me too. Every believer, every believer who really loves the Lord should have that prayer. Yep. But the only reason why I say, Lord, if you delay, just allow me to keep working. Because some people don't know you yet. Amen. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But it's like, man, I can care less about my children's future as long as my children's future are with the Lord. Amen. Amen. It's like, man, okay, so Julian won't have to deal with this. Amen. Yeah. That's a, your children won't have to deal with this. It's just getting darker and darker and yep. worse and worse. Yep. And people are going back to that. Yeah. Here's Peter going, listen, I'm never going to sell you out. If it costs me everything, I'm not going to turn my back on you. And Jesus goes, Peter, why don't you just listen? Yeah. I said that all of you are going to turn away. Yep. But not only are they going to turn away, you are going to actually deny me, though. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. Where are we at, Chris? 31. Yes, we're going to 53. Come on with it. They took Jesus to the high priest. All right, so they came and they arrested Jesus and they led him to the house of the high priest. Come on. And all the chief priests, the elders, and the teachers of the law came together. And everybody was gathered there. They're done with Jesus. They're getting ready to crucify him. Next verse. Peter followed him at a distance. And Peter is trying to hold on to his oath. The Bible says that Peter followed them at a distance, though, safely at a distance. You ever seen movies when somebody's trying to follow somebody? with the crowd. <laughs> yeah. Peter probably had his hood up and he's probably in the crowd. He's hanging back about, about you know, not arm's length. Right. He's right. trying to hold on to his oath. He's, notice that he's the only one who did that. And Peter's risking his life because if he gets recognized, mm -hmm. they're going to grab him too. Everybody, come on now. Amen. So Peter's safely following at a distance and then he gets to the courtyard and because they actually, the Bible says that he actually, they, they had it in a place. It was on the second floor where his trial was. And I went, you know, that's why I know the Bible is real. Because why would they put that in there? It has nothing to, to add to the story. It's, this is a really, it's a real eyewitness account. So much so, they're telling you detail about what happened. Mm -hmm. So here's Peter, and he's in the courtyard, and he sits down by the guards who are warming themselves at this fire. Because Peter is trying to stay close, but not too close. Right. But Peter's trying to hold his oath because he's taking a risk. Amen. He's trying to prove to Jesus that he meant what he said. Amen. All right. So he sits down and he warms himself with the fire, with the, with the guards. And what happens, Chris? Going to 66. Come on. While Peter was below in the courtyard, one of the servant girls of the high priest came by. So then one of the servant girls came by the high priest and she noticed him and said what? When she saw Peter warming himself, she looked closely at him. You were with that Nazarene Jesus, she, she goes, said. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I know you. Yeah. I've mm -hmm. seen you before. Mm -hmm. You were hanging out with, you run with Jesus. All right. Mm -hmm. So here's Peter got his hood up and he's sitting there warming himself <laughs> with the guards trying to blend in. And this girl comes up and she looks and she looks and she looks and she says, no, you're one of those guys, man. I recognize you. Go to the next verse. 
But he denied it. Peter said, oh, wait a minute, I don't know that Jesus, dude. Right? Isn't that what it says? I, I don't, I don't, he denied it. I don't know, understand what you, I don't even know what you're talking about, he said, and went out into the entryway. He got up and he walked away. Come on, next verse. When the servant girl saw him there, she said again to those standing around. No, 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 I recognize you. You're one of those guys. Mm-hmm. See, she's following behind him by now going, no, 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 no. Right. I recognize you. And, and, and so Peter's response is what? Again, he denied it. This is twice. After a little while, those standing near said to Peter, Surely you are one of them, for you are a Galilean. So now everybody begins to jump in and they go, Man, you from Galilee, right? And, and Jesus, no, we think you want to, you, you've hung out with Jesus. You, you follow Jesus. You're one of those guys. And then Peter does something amazing. What does he do? He began to call down curses and now he, he swore to them. He begins to curse. Now I really looked at that and I began to investigate it. It took me a, a it took me a couple of hours to look at this, actually. The actual literal, literal, literal term here comes from a word that you, it means that he began to curse something. Someone. Some translations say he began to curse, bring down curses on himself. They were just trying to be nice. He began to curse Jesus. How are you going to prove that you are not with somebody mm -hmm. if you really go at that person and, and, and actually go at them and you denounce them? Mm -hmm. He began to not curse himself or not just use profanity like, hey, get the bleep away from me. He begins to curse Jesus himself mm -hmm. to try to prove that I'm not with this guy. So now Jesus is on trial up there and he's being tried and actually for being innocent. And then here's Peter. He's down here. He's being tried and he's failing spectacularly. Amen. Amen. So this is what I was thinking. The beauty in this failure is this. Some of us think that we're on plan B with our lives, meaning we've really messed up, so now God has just given us a plan B, and, and so now we're, we're fine. Because I really did some, some really bad things, and, and, and I really made, some ma I made a major mistake, or oh, I really blew that one, so now God's got me on plan B. And I couldn't help but think, what if Peter would have said, uh, yeah, I'm one of those. Peter would have been killed with Jesus. Yeah. Mm -hmm. but, but so does that mean that he did the right thing? No. <laughs> and I guarantee you if Peter was standing right here, and I'm going to show you later that he, he really did, he would tell you, I really messed up. Amen. But I had to think, but Peter, if you would have said the truth, they would have killed you. And we wouldn't right. have had a Peter. We wouldn't right. have had the, 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 the first pastor of the church, which was Peter. Wouldn't mm -hmm. have had you. And so then I'm thinking, wait a minute, how did Peter become right. <laughs> with this massive failure? God, why did you still invest in Peter? And, mm -hmm. and the beauty of it was because because of his massive failure. Amen. Amen. And see, when this is what we do. When we fail miserably in all of you have. Yep. Including me. I failed God miserably. Yes. But you know what happens, and you know why I always get back up? It's because I plunged my failure, my failure into God's grace. Amen. Amen. I take my failure and I throw it into God's grace. Mm -hmm. And then what God does, because he's got this amazing ability to take these horrible things and make it work out. 
Yeah. So here it is. Peter's denying him right now, but God takes this horrible situation and makes it work out. It's not a plan. It's not a plan B. It was, it was, it's always plan A with God. Amen. He always gets you back to where he wants you to be. He always Amen. puts you back focused on the road. That's Hallelujah. why the Bible says your rod and your staff, it comforts me. Yes. It puts me back into where the place I'm Hallelujah. supposed to be. Even Hallelujah. when you, wait, you're not out of God's will, I'm telling you. Amen. All you got to do is just turn around. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. So, so here it is. He, he takes this situation. Peter he throws his, his, his failure into grace. And now, because you failed so spectacularly, now you can help others. You know why I'm really good at helping people? Because I failed God miserably. Amen. Amen. I know what you shouldn't do. I know what you should do. Come on. Amen. I know what you should stay away from. I know, I know what, what, what makes people get weak. I know it all, man. Amen. And, and, and know why? Because I read it in the Word, some of it, but no, because I experienced life. Amen. And so now, if I, if I, because of my failures, I, I can stand here before you mm -hmm. and tell you how to survive. Yeah. You, you, you can't teach faith if you don't have it. Right. Amen. Amen. You can read it, but it won't have effectiveness. Right. But if it, you can't really teach hope unless you have it. You can't really get people to understand peace unless you have it. Mm -hmm. You can't really get people to get up when they've fallen unless you've fallen and had to get up. Amen. Yep. So here's Peter failing God miserably, swearing that Jesus, now he's, he's cursing that Jesus, I don't know that blankety blank, blankety blank. I don't know this guy you're talking about. I don't know him. And then what happens, Chris? Immediately the rooster crowed the second time. Yeah. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken to him. Before the rooster crows twice, you will disown me three times. And, and he broke down and, and Peter went. not only cried, he actually broke down. Yeah. Amen. I'm sure when Peter was talking to Jesus, he kind of really meant that. Amen. Mm -hmm. you know, I'm not going no, to do it. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm with you. I'm with you to the end. And, and then the trial comes, and here's his chance, and he fails. God, miserable. And I can't help but think, well, I'm not mad at Peter because everybody's probably failed God Amen. miserably. Amen. You think I'm happy about everything I've done in my life or the way my life has went? But one thing I will say, my life's not on plan B. Amen. Amen. God doesn't, he doesn't go, oh, that was a big one. Now we got to change everything. No, no. Your life is still on plan A. Amen. Hallelujah. And all you got to do, I'm actually trying to encourage people today. Encourage you to do what? Get up from your failures quicker than you do. Amen. Why? Because uh, Peter became the leader of the modern church. Amen. Because he had the biggest failure out of all the disciples. Mm -hmm. So what gets more glory? Amen. God taking your massive failure, molding it into something else, Dipping it into his grace, and now he produces this, this thing. So now your testimony is more powerful, man. Amen. So here's Peter now, and I'm going to show you in a minute what happened to Peter, the transformation of Peter. But this is Peter's lowest point right here. Mm, yes. He broke down, and he, the, cry, the, the, the rooster begins to crow, and Peter breaks down, and he goes, oh, my God, I really, I really blown this one. This, this one's too big. This is, 
you know, hey, this is like uh, uh, Fred Sanford, Elizabeth. This is the big one. I can't. I can't I'm not going. This, this, I'm not going to survive this one. Amen. You ever felt like that? Yes. You know, Jesus, I know you're upset with me. God, I know you're done with me. You ever, yep. you ever felt like that? Yep. Baby has. Yeah. Have a baby. <laughs> you ain't felt nothing. Yeah, you just want a bottle in your diaper change. <laughs> Luke 22, really quick. Luke 22, verse 31. This is the same conversation, the beginning, but it's Luke's account, and I like what it says. Luke 22, 31. Jesus said to Simon, listen to me. Satan has demanded the right to test you. He wants you. He wants to destroy you. He's asked if he can kill you. Let me tell you all something. Satan's had that conversation about all of you. Satan hates your guts, man. Yep. Why? Because you've turned to the Lord. Amen. And so his main goal is to get you to stop. Yep. And the silliness to me is that people don't realize it. People really think that that's just the way life is going. Well, well, now I just don't go as much or church as much. Or now I don't pray, you know, really. Or, or now if someone from church calls me, I don't want to talk. Or, you know, really, man, I'm starting to get more busy. And I don't even feel bad anymore. I'm just living my life. And people don't think Satan's involved. The best thing that Satan has going for him is to convince you that he's not involved, that it's just life. That's just how you feel right now. Mm -hmm. And he's killing you slowly by a thousand cuts, man. Yes. And his goal is to drift you away, pull you out of what you know, pull, get you tired of doing the right things. And then slowly you look up and you're standing there by yourself going, how did I get here? The church is way over there. God feels like he's a billion miles away. How did I get here? And I have to say, it's a slow digression. Yep. It's never abrupt. So, so here it is. He's saying Satan has desired to sift you all, kill you all. But listen, Peter, I have prayed that your faith would be strong. And then when you come back to me, that? Switch this verse, please. He goes, I have prayed that I have interceded for you. I, I, I went to God for, see, the conversation already happened before you failed. Amen. I've already had the conversation about you. See, because Satan has already come to me before anything happens, don't worry, I've stood in the gap for you. That's all Christ's deal is. Christ is really the one. This is what I used to think when I was, when I was, you know, doing the best I could when it comes to the Bible, the Bible and God. I really thought that Jesus, because I knew Jesus was up in heaven on our behalf. So I thought the conversations went like this. Uh, Jesus walks in to, to God and he goes, hey, Father, it's about Kenan again. <laughs> and then the father goes, Okay, what did he do now? And Jesus goes, well, you know, he messed that up. But, you know, you know, I, can, can we talk about it? Can, can you give him another chance? You know, I felt like Jesus was a defense attorney with no case. And he just pleaded for the mercy of the court. You know, you know Father, you know how he is. Mm -hmm. you, know what he, you know how he thinks. You made him. <laughs> you know, but you know, you got to give him another chance. And then I would get nervous. So I'm thinking, Jesus, how long are you going to be able to keep that up? 
right. I messed up so much that sometimes he's going to say, no, Jesus, get out of here. Mm-hmm. That's not how it works. Right. It doesn't mm-hmm. work that way. Thank God it don't work that way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is how it works. Jesus goes before the Father, and he says, Father, you're just. Amen. You're a just God. Therefore, Canaan messed up again, but you're just. Amen. I'm going to show you in a minute. He says, I prayed for you, so when you come back to me, when you turn back, now, strengthen your brothers. Let them know and that they, their, your failure now is their avoidance of failure. If you can, if you can share your failure, if you see when you turn back to me, see this, this is a, this is, this should this should really bless you because what it's saying is when you fail, he doesn't throw you away. Amen. Amen. He says, listen, you guys are gonna fail me. Your faith's not gonna hold, but when you come back to me, yep, I'll meet you on the beach after I'm resurrected. You're gonna come back. Yep. So that's, that should give you hope. That yes. When you really do blow it, he doesn't toss you. Amen. Thank you, Lord. He waits until mm-hmm. what? Until you come back to him. Yes. I was Thank just telling, you, I was telling Mike and Vicky, man, I serve the Lord sometimes just out of spite for the devil. I hate the devil that much. Sometimes the, my love for the Lord doesn't hold me because I, I get, you know, I got trouble with love anyway, so I, I even struggle with God sometimes. And then sometimes I, I keep staying strong because the people need me. Everybody who needs me, I got to stay strong for them. But sometimes that don't work. Forget everybody. They ain't helping me. But then it's this last one I go, but Satan, I hate you. Amen. Amen. And I know you want me. Amen. So out of spite, I'm not going. Yep. Amen. I don't feel like going to church, but I'm going to go anyway. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't even want to pray right now, but I'm going to pray anyway. Amen. You know, I, I get tired of reading the Bible. I get tired of hearing preaching and all that, but I'm going to listen to it anyway because I'm not going with you. That's what you want me to do. Yep. Satan fights dirty, and so do I. <laughs> so I'm getting ready to fight. And I, I remember being on the playground in, in elementary school, and we had gravel. And I'm like, I'm going to pick this gravel up. I'm going to throw it in his face. <laughs> I don't fight clean. There's no such thing as a clean fight. Right. I'm going to bite your ankle. <laughs> I'm going to pull your underwear way up here. Whatever I got to do. <laughs> I'm going to fight clean. Satan doesn't fight clean. No, so why are you fighting clean? Amen. You better, you better get just as devious as he is to win that fight. And I'm like, dude, I know you want me. You're not going to have me. I'm not going to go with you. Yeah, no, I don't feel like praying. No, I'm actually upset with God right now. No, I'm disappointed with the church and how the church works. No, the people that just let me down, I don't care. I, Sometimes I just forget it. But no, I don't want to be with you. Right. And then what happens? I come back to myself. And you know who's always standing there? Jesus. Yes, says, amen. When you come back to me, glory, strengthen the brothers. Well, after you fail miserably and your faith falls to the ground and you lose hope, but then you gather yourself somewhere and you come back, dip your failures into my grace, man. Amen. And then strengthen, strengthen the brethren. Mm-hmm. 
Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. That's Bible right there. Amen. Amen. John chapter 21, really fast. I'm trying to work. I got 17 minutes, though. You guys okay? Yes. I know it's a sunny day. John 21, verse 15, Chris. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter. Chris, here's the story. Now, Jesus is resurrected. He's met with them. They've gathered back together. This is Jesus resurrected now. And they're sitting there eating breakfast. And so when they get done, this is the conversation Jesus has with Peter. Go. Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? And so Jesus painfully brings up the conversation of the past. And he goes, now, Peter, do you love me more than they do? I'm remembering you said that. Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> Hallelujah. There, there's Peter. Go. Yes, Lord, he said. You he know says, that I love yes, you. Lord, but not yes, I love you more than them. Look what he says. He says, yes, Lord, I, you know that I love you. He, he doesn't say I love you more this time. Right. right. See, his, his, his ego and his cockiness has gone away now. Mm-hmm. Because he goes, and I know when Jesus said that, Peter went, oh. (laughs) I know I said that for Jesus. You know, I remember the the, the rooster crowing. I mean, it's painful, man. And I'm like, and I can see Jesus going, so now, Peter, Peter, you love me more than them now? And he goes, okay, yes to this one fact. You know I love you, Lord. Not more than them. Come on. Jesus said, feed my lambs. Okay, now that you failed miserably, feed my lambs. All right, next verse. Again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said, take care of my sheep. So Jesus goes, let me ask you again. I'm going to lead him out. Do you love me? And Peter goes, yes, yeah, Lord, you, you know I love you. Painfully, because in Peter's mind, I know he's thinking, man, I denied you, though. I even cursed you. Mm-hmm. And Jesus is going, now, now, Peter, do you love me? And Peter says, yeah, Lord, you know I love you. you, you I like what he says. You know that I love you. And that's what it, you know what it shows me. And it saves my life a lot. I do him like that. I go, I know I blew it, but you know I love you. Yes. See, you know my heart. You know my intent. You, you see, I can't lie to you. Amen. So if I didn't love you, you would know. Amen. But even though just a little bit ago I wasn't acting like I do, you know I love you. Yes. Hallelujah. Peter just say, yeah, Lord, I love you. He says, Lord, you know that I do. I know I blew it, but you know in my heart, you know I really, I was scared. Yeah. Amen. I made a mistake. I blew that one. But you know I love you. Amen. All right. Next verse. The third time he said to him. I'm going, why is he asking him three times? And even Peter's getting upset. Chris, he goes, Simon, do you love me? Peter says, Jesus, look, man. Yes. (laughs) He He was getting upset because Jesus asked him a third time. But I'm thinking, did you deny him three times? Amen. Amen. Jesus is like, you say, okay, you denied me three times. I'm gonna ask you three times. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> Do you 
love me. He said, Lord, you know all things. You know everything. You, you know fully well if I do or if I don't. I cannot lie to you. See, I lied to you before. Right. I told you I would follow you even unto death, and you knew I, was, I wasn't telling the truth. That's why you said that. So You said that I was going to sell you out, so I'm not going to waste time. I know you know that. You know everything, so you've got to know if I love you or not. And he goes, okay, good. Now feed my sheep. Amen. Me? I denied you. In fact, I even cursed you. Yeah. That's why I want you. Mm -hmm. What am I saying? Everybody, you've all failed the Lord. Man, all of us have. But here's the thing. Uh, he can use that more and more to his glory. Amen. Your massive failure. I don't let him, I don't let Satan get any credit for my life. And I'm never on plan B. Trust me, my life is one this way, then that way, then this way, then this way, roller coaster. <laughs> Sometimes it's been like on top of the Magnum. <laughs> and it's like, what in the, I'll never ride the Magnum ever again. <laughs> Where I see the point, it gets to the top, and I can see my vehicle out in the <laughs> lot, and I'm thinking, why am I up here? <laughs> when you're 50-something years old, I didn't even finish the statement. It just drops you. And I'm like, and then you see the picture of yourself. Look how stupid I look. I'm never, I'm never riding this thing again. <laughs> they used to be so fun. Let's get to the park. Let's go to the roller coaster. Now we get to the park, and they go, let's go to the roller coaster. I'm like, uh, which one? Because some of them I'm not riding, man. <laughs> I don't want all this in my throat. Hey, come on. <laughs> I don't, I don't find it fun anymore. It's not fun. And then you get too old and my kids are like, come on, Dad. No. And then it's like, we're, we're, we're at Animal Kingdom and they got this, I don't know why I'm venting on this one, but they got this water thing and you're on this big dumb disc in the water. And I'm like, I, don't, I ain't walking around this park with my underwear wet all day, man. Amen. It's uncomfortable. Uh, amen. I'm not getting on that. <laughs> and everybody's soaked, and I'm thinking, oh man, that, that would be horrible. <laughs> Ain't nothing worse than wet underwear, man. I'm not done. And don't have on no jeans or something. Oh, that's bad. I'm like, and it, that's not fun. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I dripped it. Where are we? Uh, we're going to First John. Go there so I can get off of this one. <laughs> okay. So go to First John. Let me show you something. It says. 1 John 1 8. If you claim to be without sin, you're lying. Amen. Everybody has sinned, people. Yep. All of us. All of us. All right? So if you're claiming, no, I'm good. If somebody else's claims to you, no, I'm good. Walk away. Mm -hmm. All right. Next verse. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive, our, deceive ourselves and the yep, truth yep. is not in us. Right. If we confess our sins. No, if, he, if we confess our sins, Chris, it says he is faithful and mm -hmm. merciful. Yes. No, it says he's faithful, faithful and, and just. just. Not merciful. Let me explain what I started explaining a little bit ago, but I wanted to wait till we got here. He's just to do what? Forgive us of our sins and purify us from unrighteousness. Now, this is, this is what I mean. Jesus is up with the Lord, and they're talking about your failure. And I used to believe that Jesus was just pleading your case, asking for mercy. 
Kenan always messes up. God, you know that, but you know you love him, and you know you got to give him another chance. And Father goes, okay, for you, I'll give him another chance. But no, what really happens is Jesus stands up in the courtroom, because you're on trial now. And Jesus goes, know what, Father? Kenan blew it again. But here it is. I'm standing here going this. You are a just God, and I've already paid for that. So you're not going to make him pay for that. Amen. Amen. So it's not that you're a merciful God. You're a just one. And you cannot go back on your word. And you will not make anyone pay again. And because I've already died for that. And, and he's confessed the sin. So therefore I'm standing here in the courtroom, Father, saying there's nothing you can do to him. Not because you can't. Not because you're not the holy one. It's because you're a just God, and you said that I, my death would cover all that. Amen. Amen. So what does that do for us? It makes me think, oh, man, Jesus, I can't sell you out. And see, some people think that gives you carte blanche to just live anywhere you want to live then. Let me go out here and just act the fool because, you know, my sins are covered. No, no. Paul says, shall we sin because so you, you got grace? God forbid. But what it does to me, it makes me think, oh, man, Jesus, I can't sell you out. I don't want you to stand up and plead that case again. Mm -hmm. It's kind of like, I don't want to crucify you again. Mm -hmm. right? So, Canaan, get your junk together, man. I don't want them to have that conversation about you. It doesn't give us car blocks to run wild. It makes us go, man, I'm, God, I got I to gotta keep my stuff tight. Mm-hmm. Keep it tight. It says God is he's faithful and just. He will forgive our sins after we confess him and, and purify us from all unrighteousness. He, will, he cleanses from all of that, that, that what happened, what was. He doesn't care. He wipes all that away. Why? Because, man, I, all right, son, you've already paid for that one, so let him go. He's free. So here's Peter who's on trial. He's guilty. And then here's Jesus on trial, and he's innocent, because they were actually trying him because they thought he was trying to overthrow the church and overthrow, uh, uh, and they, they challenged his, his authority, and they thought he was trying to crush the things of God. So he, here's Jesus on trial, and he's innocent. Here's Peter on trial, he's guilty, and then Peter walks away free. Jesus is penalizing and dubbed guilty, and that's the only way Peter walked away free. Amen. Was because Jesus had to be guilty. So Peter's free, even though he's guilty, because Jesus is not guilty. Yeah, huh, baby? <laughs> and they kill him. So Peter's able to get back up because they killed Jesus, who was innocent, and Peter was guilty. I'm trying to get you guys to see something. I'm in the disciple-making business. I don't deal with multitudes. I only, 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 want, only, only get involved with disciples. Because multitudes fade away quickly. As soon as they hear something difficult, they leave. Mm -hmm. Jesus says, listen, the big crowd was following behind him. <laughs> Jesus got aggravated. He turned around and he says, unless you 
hate your mother and father, you can't follow me. You know what happened? They all left. That's too hard. And Jesus turns to the disciples and goes, so you're going to go too? And then Peter says, where am I going to go? You, you got the keys to everything. I got nowhere to go. Amen. Amen. So I guess I hate my mother and father. Hallelujah, Zimmer. Hallelujah. Know what that statement is really saying? You don't love nothing more than me. Nothing. Right. Some of us love our children more than God. Some of us love our careers more than God. Some of us love money more than God. Some of us like staying a whole lot. And then I'm thinking, wait a minute. God challenges me all the time. So what's more important than me? What about your daughters? You love them with everything that you have. You would go so they can live, wouldn't you? Yeah. What about them and me? I love them, but not that much. Amen. What about your son? He's your promise. See, my son is my promise. The Lord promised me, Julie. He promised them to me. Told me his name and everything. Before he came. Before we even knew what he was. So God says, that's the promise, Abraham. So we're going to do with Isaac. I don't love him more than, especially last night. <laughs> well, more than you. Amen. Only disciples answer that way. Which one are you? It says, listen, if we confess our sins, Jesus stands in the gap for us. He's our mediator. He stands there and goes, no, I die for that. So you are now free to go. And then what you need to do is drop your guilt, drop your pride. A lot of people don't come back because of pride. Mm -hmm. They just stay away too long and they think, well, I don't want to come back. Everybody's going to look at me funny. You're not that important. You're really not. Amen. And if you see somebody drifting away, you got to pray for them really bad. Really, not really bad, really hard, bad, whatever. <laughs> if they start to drift away, you know they're drifting away. Man, you got to stand in the gap. And here's what you got to do for you. You got to make sure they don't cause you to drift away. Amen. It happens in marriages all the time. Amen. One begins to slip, then the other one just follows suit. Mm -hmm. Let me tell you something. You ain't going to be standing there married before the Lord. That's right. right. Amen. All right. I think I got one more and we're out of here. Two minutes. Chris, where are we at? Romans 8. Let's go to Romans 8 really fast. <laughs> Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? All right, now, who can accuse you of doing wrong? Let me answer that. Nobody. See it? Mm -hmm. Who can accuse you, Chris? Chris, who can accuse you? It is God who justifies. It's only God is the one who makes things right. He, he makes us right. God makes us right. So when I get accused, I go, yeah, I'm not right. God mm -hmm. makes me right. Amen. Amen. Well, you're this and you're that. Some of that is true. <laughs> Most of that is a lie. People lie on me all the time. But some of that is true. But it's God that makes me right. It's not me that makes me right. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. Come on, Chris. Who then is the one who condemns? Right, so no who, one. Who, who closes the book on you and condemns you and says you are no longer worthy of anything? 
I'll tell you, nobody, no one, the Bible says, Christ Jesus who died. And more than that, after he died, he was raised again. Hallelujah. And now he's at God's right side, petitioning on our behalf. Thank what? You. For God to have mercy? Nope. For God to stay just. Amen. Because mercy runs out after a while. God has shown that his mercy doesn't last forever. Ask Noah and his family. Mm -hmm. Ask Lot and his family. Mm -hmm. God gets tired of giving mercy. But he will never not be just. So Jesus goes, I'm not asking you for mercy. Christ, I, Lord, I died, I rose again, and now I'm at the right hand, and I'm just here for them. saying, I know they blew it again, but you are a just God. All right, all right. Chris, what do we got? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? So he goes into, okay, so who's going to separate us from the love of Christ then? Who, who's going to do, can anybody separate us from the love of Christ? Uh, well, can trouble? I would say sometimes yes. People separate from the love of Christ because they're in trouble. Uh, so hardships or, you know, life gets hard. Will that separate you? I'm, I'm going to go, yes. I've seen people separate because they got hard. Uh, 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 persecution? Well, think about it. it. Nobody said, if you love the Lord, we're going to kill you. Nobody's told you that. But I will say I have been persecuted for my belief. Mm -hmm. Meaning, I've been talked about negative, negatively mm -hmm. for what I believe. Right. All right, all right. Mm -hmm. And I go, some people have never been persecuted because of their belief. You know why? People don't know they believe. Mm -hmm. no, nobody knows you're a Christian. They've been working with you for six years and they, only, they don't even know. So, of course, you're not persecuted because they don't know anything. So I'm not saying you walk in the door with a, with a big uh, C on your shirt with a cape going, I'm super Christian. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying if you are really walking in the Lord, you are going to bump heads with people who aren't. Mm -hmm. Do you stand your ground? When, when your family gathers together and someone starts talking stupid, do you stand your ground? I'm a black man. You guys didn't know that, did you? <laughs> Thought I was just tan. Right, right. And you know what? If I'm around other black people who begin to denounce white people, you know what I'm going to do? Oh, I'm going to go at them. Because there's white people I trust with my life, and I don't trust you. There's two types of people. Ignorant. Okay, so when you're sitting around the table and someone begins to talk stupid, what do you do? Do you take the gravy bowl and throw it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm saying those are these moments of trial. Mm -hmm. Someone just begins to just denounce God, denounce 
everything about God and you're standing there, what do you do? Here's your chance to not deny him. Hey, hold on, hold on. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. That don't even make sense. And then some of us think, well, I don't know enough. And I go, okay, but you know more than them. Because mm-hmm. they don't know anything. And I can't stand when someone says, well, you know, they, they, I really know the Bible. And I, and, but, you know, I, you know, I just, I know the Bible. You don't know the Bible. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't know you. Amen. Oh, I'll eat you alive. Mm-hmm. What am I saying? Those are those moments when you're on trial. So long, some of us have never been persecuted because people don't even know you're saved. They don't even know you're a Christian. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't dawn on them that something's different about you. All right? It says so famine when everything gets tough and, and life gets hard and, and the groceries are high and gas shoots up too much. Do we, do, what, is that going to take us away? See, it's going, what's going to take us away? Well, trouble Trouble's tough, man. Sometimes trouble comes, and instead of us running to the one who fixes it, we, we run away. Hallelujah, somebody. Hallelujah. And, and then it's like, well, problems? Can problems take us away? Well, sometimes we see Jesus spent hours in prayer and moments on problems. And we go, Jesus will fix a problem really quick, but we, no, we won't take, no, we won't take it to him. That might do it. And then what about, you know, the, the persecution? Well, what about famine or what about when you don't have enough money or what about when you watch the news too much and now you're so scared of China, Russia, Afghanistan? What, what, what's what's going to take us away from his love? Look what it's saying, though. See, it may separate us, but it doesn't separate his love for us. It doesn't say that, you know, can these things take us away? Of course they can. I see it all the time. It's saying, what can separate us from his love? Meaning, what makes him stop loving? You in trouble? Nope. You persecuted? Nope. You, you having trouble? Nope. You not having enough money? Nope. You being afraid? Nope. Nothing separates God from you. This stuff separates you from God. Why? That's like being so sick and not going to the doctor. That's like being so cold and not going to sit by the fire. Doesn't make sense. So here's Peter, who denies Jesus spectacularly. I mean, that's, that was really a massive failure. Jesus sp- spins it, and now because of his failure, Now you are qualified to lead this church. And don't worry about the people because they don't justify you anyway. I'm the one that justifies. Because some people might remember your failures. I'm going to tell you, and I'm done. I'm going to tell you a real secret why, you know, last, whatever that was, I was so uncomfortable. It's because, listen, I don't like accolades. Let me tell you reasons why. Because one, I don't need them. I don't need nobody telling me I'm doing good job. Because my thing is, I only do it for the Lord's approval anyway. And then two, God has convinced me a long time ago that it's really just me and you, dude. And it's a song that says, smiling faces tell lies. So the next piece is, I don't believe it. People, people give you, try to give you compliments, 
and I don't believe them. I immediately go to, I don't believe that. But see, the thing is, I'm not saying that's the right way to be, but what I'm saying is, so what happens is when they give me uh, the, uh, the flip side of that, when they come at me with, with, with things that aren't good, when they, when they begin to criticize me, I don't take that either. So you can praise me or you can criticize me. It ain't going to rock my, rock my boat either way. Because it's only the Lord anyway. That's, that's what it's about. And all my validation comes from him. And I realize, of course, I failed miserably. But no, no, you can't condemn me. Only God can do that. And so my thing is I don't take praise and I don't take criticism because I don't need it. And understanding this, it's not being arrogant. It's understanding something. It's all smoke and mirrors. Without God, I'm nothing. Absolutely nothing. Without the presence of the Holy Spirit in my life, I'm nothing. I don't accomplish anything. I don't get anything done. Hallelujah, somebody. I don't, I don't, ne- I don't help anyone. I don't make anybody's life in God better. I don't, I don't add anything to anybody's life without him. So, therefore, he gets all the glory. So, I'm so messed up. I'm so not like him. Now, if, you, if you see glimpses of God through all my cracks, then it's all glory to him. I don't deserve any of it. Not one praise. That's why I was so uncomfortable. Because I failed God miserably, and he dips my failure into grace. And I come out on the other side, and now I can help you. (coughs) Hallelujah, somebody. Come on up. So here's Peter. Massive failure in God, man. Always running his mouth, always quick to speak. But then here's Peter, who did all these amazing things. He walked on water. He knew that God was the Christ. He, he fathered the first church. Peter preached the first sermon after Jesus left in the book of Acts. So here's Peter. What if he would have stayed down after, after that massive failure? What if he wouldn't have went back to church? Wouldn't have went back to the disciples? Because y'all remember, when he failed, he had to go back to the disciples, and they had to go meet in Galilee. So here it is. What if Peter just said, I messed up too bad. I'm not even going back. I'm just going to keep, keep walking away. I'm just not going to go back. Even in this massive failure, he drug himself back to the other disciples, and then he drug himself to go meet Jesus with his head down, knowing that Jesus knew he had denied him. But he did it anyway, and this is what he was banking on. Jesus, you know I love you. I know I messed up. But you know I love you. You know all things. And if I didn't love you, you would know it. Come on, man, that's us. I know you blew it. I ain't going to judge you. There's nothing you can tell me that's going to make me judge you. Except if you like Ohio State or something. But other than that, I ain't going to judge. If you, if you rob the bank, I'll be the first one there. I promise you. I'll never judge you. I don't care what you do. I'll never judge you. 
and that's my word. I give my word on that. Don't ever be afraid to tell me your failure if you need me. I will never judge you. It's not my place to. Because Jesus is the one standing up before the Father on your behalf anyway. I can't do nothing about it. I mean, I'm not going to judge you. Uh, Jesus is going to stand up before the Father and goes, I know that was big, but you know what? You're a just God. Come on, guys. When you fall, get up. When you slip, gather yourself. When you see yourself starting to weaken, strengthen yourself. Hold on, man. Till what? My help comes. <laughs> Don't get tired of doing the right things, man. Coming to church is the right thing. Seeking God is the right thing. Keeping yourself from situations is the right thing. Don't let them get you. He desires to sift you like wheat, but Jesus said, you know what, I'm standing before the Father already going, no, you can't do that. God, you're a just God. He, he's trying to cut them off, but you won't. Nothing will separate them from your love. There's nothing that they can do that will separate your love from them. Yeah, they try to separate from you, but you're not going to separate from them. Everybody say amen. I don't know what else to say to that. So I'll say in Jesus' name. Amen, somebody. Come on, let's take communion. Come on.